Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Porter. Look, Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists, all kinds of R&B, jazz, soul, rock, gospel, even country. But our Turn It Up is to help independent artists and take to the next level by showcasing their studio We got a great show for you today. Next up, we're going to talk with Nathan Harassam. Nate, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. And say hello also to my co-host, Aleph Germa. What's going on, Nate? Hey, what's happening, guys? Hey, man, glad to have you on, man. You know, <laughs> I've been reading your bio and just checking out all this information on you, man, and you're just quite the guy. Quite oh, thanks, phenomenon. man. Uh, you started playing piano at age five. Now, when when you say playing piano at age five, what, what kind of playing were you doing that young? <laughs> Not much of playing, man. Learning notes, uh, scales, you know, basic uh-huh. theory stuff. Yeah, there's not much you can do because the hands are so small. But uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as you're practicing stuff, which my folks made me do every day, um, you know, you start learning quick. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, were your folks also in the music industry as well? Um, you know, my dad was a school teacher, but, you know, he played a lot of instruments in college and stuff and had his own bands and, and, you know, he plays the drums, he sings and guitar and stuff. So, yeah, I grew up, I grew up with that in the household, you know, so it, uh, definitely, definitely pretty cool. 
Oh, man, that's awesome. Now, um, <laughs> you seem to be a very, a very old soul as well. At 13, in 1993, you formed your own smooth jazz band. Wow. So <laughs> how how is it that you decided that you wanted to go ahead and start your own? Oh, somehow we just lost Nate. And I think he's back. Nate, you back? Yeah, I'm back, guys. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. And um, also, um, I believe we got the Leo on is now, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right here. All right. Say hello to Nate. Hey, what's going on, Nate? What's up, man? How you doing? All right. Doing good, man. Beautiful day. Yeah, we were just talking yeah. about Nate's early start in music and um, also um, starting his own jazz band in 1996 at the age of 16. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, 1993, actually, man, I was uh, at the Flint Institute of Music, and all those guys were in the jazz band, you know. I mean, I'd take classical piano lessons there, but I got sick of that whole classical music thing, you know, and, and uh, I wanted to get into the jazz and the blues and, and funk and stuff like that. And uh, so we joined the jazz band, and we ended up getting the coolest cats, you know, out of that jazz band and forming a group, man. We had like six guys, that, you know, we all, the age ranged from 11 to, to 16. I think I was the oldest. And wow. uh, you know, we took it off from there. You know, we named it Mojazz. I think we got that from. Uh, I don't remember where we got that name from, man. I think the drummer copped it from from a record label or something like that. But uh, we thought it was cool at the time, anyways. You know. Oh no no. Um, let me see here. Um, and, and which one did we want to start off with, um, Nate? Because we want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the music that you're doing now as well, but also. You you kind of work with a lot of um, key people in the industry very young as well. Now, tell us how were you able to um, get the attention of um, people like Norman Brown and Pamela Williams, Wayman Tisdale? Oh, well, man, back in the day, I, it was with that same band, that Mojazz band. And uh, since we were so young, it was kind of crazy. You know, people couldn't believe us young kids were playing that style of music. I mean, we're talking, you know, Watermelon Man from Herbie Hancock and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And... Uh, you know, it seems like a pretty simplistic song now that I'm 29. But back then, man, it was, it, we thought it was the hot stuff, you know. And and uh, we, Cole Porter, which was a local DJ here in town for a channel, I think it was 92.7, noticed us. He says, man, I want to book you guys. I want to book you guys. we got Norman Brown coming in town, Pamela Williams, Wayman Tisdale. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, and their eyes got huge, you know, because the record label people, you know, started to get interested and, and uh, it was just crazy, man. It was crazy. And at man, one point, Cole is all over the place. Cole is all over the <laughs> yeah, place, man. Cole, I reconnected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reconnected with him, I'd have to say, about five years ago, and he was living in D.C., so I think he went from uh, the Michigan area to somewhere in D.C., and then Virginia, and uh, an island. Uh, yeah, the Cayman uh, Islands, yeah. Yeah, the Cayman Islands, yeah he, was yeah. The, yeah. he was down the islands. That guy gets around, so it, uh, wow. he loves radio, that's for sure. But yeah, he hooked us up, man, and we opened for these people, and you know that's kind of how it all started. So uh, I found my love for playing live, you know, and uh, you know. And were you better. nervous at such a young age playing live? And... Oh, you know what? For the first couple shows, yeah, real nervous. But then, you know, I found out how to get the crowd into it. You know, clapping her hands to the beat and making them dance and stand up, and mm. and you know, at that age, they probably thought it was cute or something that this young kid was was up there, <laughs> right, up there doing right. that. So I realize that now, but man, I thought it was great. The whole attention thing was just was just amazing. You know, wow. the whole focus is up on you guys up on the stage. You know, and and right. you know, almost like a a domination type effect to where I am mm -hmm. in control of those people out in the crowd, and I'm in control of what they're listening to. And I'm going to make sure they have a great time. You know, yeah. Running the yeah. show. Who are some people that that influenced you? Oh man, Harry Connick Jr. Um, I actually wrote letters to him when I was a kid. I was about seven oh. or eight, asking him how I could get a record deal. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? He actually wrote back, man. And, wow. And, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. He said, you know, you just got to practice, 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 and things will happen. And uh, you know, that was always in the back of my head that this guy actually wrote me a letter back. And uh, yeah. now, obviously, you know, I got I got two record deals and a production deal and all that kind of stuff. So he was right, man. Practice, practice. <laughs> you get what you want as long as you work hard, you know. So, it, uh, yeah, he was one of them. Herbie Hancock was one of them. Um, I learned a lot of the funky techniques from him, you know. And, and uh, God is a great – oh, Jeff Lorber. You know, I'm sure you know who Jeff Lorber is. 
um, you know, he's absolutely nuts on the keyboard. So, uh, yeah, those three were my main my main inspirations. No, that's yeah. awesome. Now, um, so you recorded very young as well. Tell us about how you got signed at um, age 19. Oh, with Yamaha. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was the Yamaha endorsement deal. And, uh, you know, at the Flint Institute Music, they used all Yamaha pianos. And uh, mm-hmm. I do research as a kid, and, you know, I had one of those cheap Yamaha, you know, keyboards at the house that I would always put next to the real piano, and I'd use my right hand to make cool effects on that or, or vice versa and still keep playing on the actual piano. And, and you know, then, I, then you know, I'd go to, the, go to the guitar. Well, it wasn't Guitar Center back then. You know, whatever the local music store was, and they'd have mm-hmm. nasty, nasty big Yamaha keyboards, man, with all these sweet sounds and all these these awesome buttons, you know, and these knobs, you can tweak the tones and pitch bend wheels. I was like, man. And then I looked at the price, and I was like, mm, holy yeah. crap. That's, uh, you know, a $5,000 $5, board. And I was like, well, i got to do something about this. So I recorded a demo, sent it to Yamaha, and I'm like, man, you know, we, we want to endorse you, you know. But it took like six weeks, man. I checked the mail every day for six weeks <laughs> to get this letter. To get what are you this talking letter, about? It only it, took six weeks? <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it seemed like a long time, man. Long time waiting. That's and I awesome. waited and waited and finally got that letter, man. It was crazy. And then, you know, I got my first big uh, Yamaha keyboard. And and uh, I've been with them ever since, man. They're a great, great company. And they wow. make a product, you know. That's yeah. funny because my first keyboard was a Yamaha, too. That was was the it? First when I started making making music, when I first started making beats, I was messing around on a Yamaha. I still, I still have it here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> really? I... Yeah, I like to use that new Motif XS is just a bad boy, you know, and, and it's, and, you know, now Yamaha owns Steinberg, which makes the recording software Cubase, and, and yeah. uh, so they sync up great together, man. It's just, yeah, that's how I got into keyboards, man. <laughs> just, yeah, let's talk a little bit about software, too. You, you said Cubase. Yeah. I have a copy of that. I haven't used it yet. Um, I've been using Audacity just for my recording, but it's not really uh-huh. for music. But um, right. tell us a little bit about some of the um, the software you use in studio and um, some of your setups and equipment. Well, my digital, my, my main uh, piece of software is Cubase, Cubase 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, man, why don't you use Pro Tools? And I don't use Pro Tools because it's got a bunch of stupid options on it. No one knows how to use So I use Cubase, you know, and uh, I just love it. And on top of Cubase, man, I'll get my beats and my rhythms and stuff like that through a company called Spectrosonics. And they make a bunch of different software called Stylus RMX. They make a synth called Omnisphere Trilogy for bass tones. And, uh, you know, they're they're really great to use, too. And they're all uh, MIDI compatible and MIDI triggered. Mm-hmm. You know, so you play oh, it on the keyboard. Great. It comes out the synth through the computer, and you just record that down on a separate track, man. It's some right. wicked, wicked stuff, you know. Uh, Native Instruments Complete 5, you know, that's got all the guitar effects in it. Battery, another beat uh, sampling software tool is, you know, included in that, uh, you know. And, and, of course, I use, you know, the Yamaha Tones as well, you know. Wow, that's and, uh, awesome. So, yeah, that, that's, my main, that's my main thing. I got, I got a couple other things I got to dive into a little more, you know. There's always something mm-hmm. new coming out. Right. You know, and you want to be, and as a producer, I want to be one of those guys that has the newest and latest stuff for those new sounds, you know. Those right. Sounds. But, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's always about experimenting and trial and error. You know, does this work? Does it not work? Is the sound good? Is the sound bad? You know, are the samples quality? Are they not quality? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I guess the main thing is, is is it compatible with Cubase so your computer's right. not crashing all the time? You know, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So you know, while while we're talking about it, let's let's hear a little bit and tell us a little bit about um, Hello. Okay. Well, Hello, I was just signed a new groove, and I'd always loved that track, man. I I think we were discussing before the show. I, I had told you I was. Uh, I was watching the music video over and over again, trying to get inside Lionel Richie's head and uh, to see where he was coming from from this track. And it was hard getting inside his head because that movie's a little, that uh, video is a little quirky. But uh, you know, I met up with my buddy Darren Ron, you know, saxophone player. He's mm-hmm. uh, and he's also a producer. And uh, we just attacked it, man. We went at it, and you know, we had to re uh, rearrange the track a little bit to make it radio friendly for. You know, 2000, uh, when that come out? 2008, 2009? You know, radio-friendly for 2009, you know, 2010. Because um, I think the original track was like almost four and a half minutes, man. Oh, and, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no more radios and play songs that long anymore. You know, the right. powers that be, you know, try to cut our cut our creativity down as much as they can so they can get their advertising time in. But, uh, 
you know, it, uh, yeah, we just went at it, man. It was a tough track, though, real tough track to reproduce because it was such a hot track to begin with. Yeah. And I got Nick Colione. Nick Colione's playing the guitar mm-hmm. uh, in the center, and uh, Darren's playing the soprano. I'm on keys. Mel Brown's on bass. And uh, all the rest of it was programming, man, software sense and stuff like that. Awesome, man. So we're going to give a yeah, listen right now to Hello, and we'll be right back after this. Yes, sir. You know what I really like about this, Nate? What you like, man? You 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 kept the mood of the original, right? But it's not yeah. overdone. You didn't do anything right. too crazy with it. You know what I mean? Well, that yeah. that's the, that was so that was what was so hard about the track. You know, actually getting that one done. And uh, I think my favorite part of that track is the wah wah guitar underneath, man. Oh yeah, so, yeah. It's very subtle. Very. Hey, y'all throw that up. Y'all throw that up, man. Y'all throw that up. I, I feel like I need a deeper voice when that come off. Like, you know, welcome to Turn It Up and Slow Jazz. Like, I need one of them real deep voices. Like, my voice ain't deep enough. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. Welcome. Welcome to Yeah, yeah, one of those real deep deep. Yeah. See, you got to catch me in the morning. You got to catch me in the morning for that one. Same here, man. Same here. Yeah, uh, that's funny. We're not, we're not that was sick. That was nice, man. I love that. That was a real good rendition, man. Very good. 
Oh, I love that sax. That sax was killing it. Everything, everything was on point. It was, it was serious. And yeah, um, man, that's my buddy, Darren Ron. Man, he's he's uh, not only my best friend, but uh, you know, one of the top producers in the industry. And the guy can play. Man, can that guy play? Crazy. And you said the Lionel actually co-signed on this as well, and and gave you the thumbs up on it. Yep, you're right, sir. And that was a treat all on its own. You know what I mean? So it. Uh, that kind of stuff doesn't happen every day, you know. A lot of times these bigger guys will actually shoot your track down. Mm. And they'll say, uh, we don't want anyone to cover that. You know, we don't want you to cover it, you know. And they have to listen to it and they have to approve it. And uh, on a track like that, I was I was honored and uh, flattered at the same time, you know. Yeah, that, uh, man, that's big. Very cool. Yeah. That, that is big. And um, here's another thing that's really interesting. Um, now, tell us. What led up to your first record deal and how you felt about that with New Groove Records back in the day in 2006 when you finally got in the money, so to speak? Oh, man, I remember that phone call. I, oh, man, it, it, it is a cool story. I, I was uh, a, a publicist named Cheryl Huey got a hold of me. She's like, oh, I hear you're a smooth jazz guy. You got records coming out, you know, and this time goes, yeah, I'm trying to get signed, you know, and, and uh, it's a lot easier path getting signed than it is to do it on your own. You know what I'm saying? They have all those network connections and connections to the radio stations and stuff like that. So, anyways, I'm trying to get signed. Dead end here, dead end there. Labels going out of business. And finally, I found out David Shackler, a new group, was reopening New Groove. And it's a part of Sony Records. I called her. I said, Cheryl, do you know Dave Shackler? She goes, oh, yeah, I've known him for years. And this is a Sunday. I said, give me a cell phone number. She goes, oh, I can't give you a cell phone number. That would be wrong. <laughs> I said, no, I'm serious. Give me a cell phone number. She knows how I do business. When I want something, I go for it, right? And uh, I called him. She finally gave me the cell phone number. I called him on a Sunday afternoon. He's like, hello? Who is this? I go, this is Nate Harrison, man. I'm looking for a deal. He goes, you're pretty brave to be calling me on a Sunday afternoon, but, uh, yeah, send me your stuff, and I'll get back to you next Friday. And so the week went by, and it was the same kind of deal with the Yamaha, you know, endorsement where I was going out of my mind for a week. Right. He oh, called <laughs> like three o'clock, three o'clock on the dot, man. That's right. Really? Wow. He's like, let's do let's do some business, and I'm like, oh, right, man. Of course, on the phone, man, you got to act all professional, and you know you don't want to let them know you're too excited, you know. But I was I was actually jumping up and down, man, while I was on the phone <laughs> with this guy, trying to hold the phone to my head steady so he couldn't tell I was jumping up and down like a weirdo, and. Uh, but yeah, it was a moment in my life, man. Like I can't explain it. It's just like everything you've worked for and ever dreamed of with one phone call, you know, actually, actually comes to light, you know. And and uh, you know, then he said, "Well, I need a new record for me in 90 days." <laughs> and I go, yeah. "What?" He goes, "I need a new record, 90 days." <laughs> 90 days. I said, "Most of the time, it takes about two years." He's like, "I need it in 90 days." I said, "Oh, okay, I'll give it to you in 90 days." And that's how love's came, you know, love's taken over. Uh, hmm. was actually made in 90 days and uh, was released, you know, soon after. And, uh, you know, in the midst of making Love's Taken Over, it's when I formed another group, Dinate, which was signed, you know, with uh, New Groove, and uh, that was more of an R&B venture. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Deborah, Deborah Connor on vocals, Darren Ron, you just heard him on Hello on saxophone, and, of course, myself, you know, doing a lot of the, yeah, in fact, most of the production and, and uh, well, all the piano playing. And then, uh, so yeah, that's that, that. That's how it all happened, man. But uh, yeah, first record deal, crazy, crazy times. Uh, that's pretty awesome, man. That's pretty yeah. awesome. You know, I want to make sure we get all the music in, so I want to get into um, "Sweet Dreams" next. Nice. Tell us a little bit about that, man, because you know the the original version by Annie Lennox, man. Uh, it was one of my favorites back in the day, man. That was like a, that was a lullaby to me, man. It was just amazing. Well, man, you know, you know, growing up, man, even when I was a kid, I think. I, I can remember that song being played when I was in the playpen. You know, my oh, mom was really? cleaning house or freaking doing aerobics or whatever, and that, that track would come on the bows. Uh, I think my dad had some 801s or something like that back then. It would come on and get cranked, and, and uh, you know, it just stuck with me. And I heard it on the radio one day. I was driving in my car, and I'm like, I got to freaking, I got to reattack that track is, is what I'm thinking in my head. I goes, I know I can kill this. I know I can kill it production-wise. And uh, I, I think I think it got killed, man, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a listen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, yeah. I'll have to say, yeah, you killed it, guy. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. You know, you know all that guitar, man. I played all that guitar on the keyboard, bro. Oh, you did? <laughs> wow. Yeah, none of that guitar is real, man. I designed that tone, man. Put it through a guitar wah pedal straight into the into the studio. It was wow. uh, it was it was crazy, man. Yeah, we have, we we had fun with that one. That that track is a true example of technology. I mean, yeah. we didn't even be in the same room for that whole entire record. I didn't meet Deb, the vocalist, until the record was done. You know, she recorded at her house. Darren did his thing at his house in Denver. So we had Denver, Chicago, and Detroit, you know, all going at the same time to make that whole record. And yeah, that's yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, it's and how cool you got it? Wow. How'd you yeah. move the files around? Uh, you send it and uh, good old wow. Yahoo Mail. <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. Wow, yep. that's amazing. Yep. Mhm. That was great. It kind of kind of sound like a movie soundtrack. That's what I was thinking. Oh. Kind of like a movie soundtrack. That's what it remind me of. Well, that track's a tough one because there's not many vocals. You know, the original she kind of says the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And so, you know, for today's radio, I mean, the average listener. You know, they, they want to hear something a little different come along every now and then. So it was a little bit of a task to break those vocals up and uh, use the same ones but in different ways, you know, yeah. different phrasings and stuff like that. So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. I, I dug working it's, on that one. Yeah. Now, you you have a um, a single, Fun in the Sun. We didn't get that one. And it's it's number one on the Internet charts and number five on Smooth Jazz and 16 yeah, on the Billboard. Yeah, that's actually for Steve Oliver, um, a guitarist. He called me and said, Nate, I want you to produce a track for a new record. I said, sure, man. He goes, but I want it to be a hit. And I said, well, I'll try my, <laughs> uh, goes, I'll try my hardest, you know. And uh, and that's, you know, it popped out. It's doing really well right now. Steve is an amazing guitarist. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen him live, but uh, not only does he play the guitar like a madman, the nylon, but uh, he's got a five-octave voice. No way. Five octaves, man. He that's can like, sound. That's like Mariah Carey, right? Yeah, almost. Yeah, but but he can go deeper than Mariah Carey. You know what right. I mean? He starts out deeper and, and instead I'm of going hoping, high. She, yeah. And I'm hoping she's going higher than him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're correct. You're correct. Yeah. I'm like, it's I'm like, yeah. right there. Yeah, it's it's a pretty so good feeling, like, man. I mean, wow. you look on the Billboard chart and see a track that I produced on the Billboard. And I'm in the magazine, and you know, and all that kind of stuff, and. And uh, I just got done writing for Dave Cos, which is pretty huge. Wow, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to have a track on his new record, which is kind of cool. And uh, he's a pretty cool guy to work with. A lot more down to earth than I thought. I thought he would be kind of out there a little, but uh, mm. but definitely not, man. Real cool. Real cool cat. You, yeah. you know what, with all the excess that you had, I thought you would be a little bit further out there too, man. But you seem like oh, a no. down to earth, <laughs> humble guy. You no, know? There's, no room, there's no room for that, man. I like to, I like to keep friends. You know, because in this industry, it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to make them in the first place. You know, so it, as long as you're a nice, honest guy and your morals are correct, I, I just feel that you'll you'll go a lot farther than the the schmo that wants to, uh, you know, make bad deals and and uh, screw people sideways. You know. Right, and, uh, right. I, you know, me and the guys I run with, we just don't do that. You know, we're just honest and straightforward, right up front. And uh, by all means, if someone asks me what I think about something, I tell them no. You know, I, I don't pull the L.A. the L.A. talk to them. You know, oh, yeah, right. it sounds great. You know, we don't pull that either. I'll let them know what's wrong with it and, and how to fix it. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just something we've learned over, over the time. You know, when I was a kid, when I was in that Mojazz band, trust me, man, as a kid, my head got a little big and my folks my folks kicked it out of me, beat it out of me. So Really? And, uh, old oh, school. well, not, not beat it. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, it was old school, yeah. But, I mean, my, my dad was a school teacher, but, uh, you know, you know, you're – 13, 14 years old, you've you got a following, you, you know, you got uh, Capitol Records wanting to sign you, you get a you get a little bit of a complex, you know, and right. my dad wouldn't have a none of it, you know. So <laughs> you thought, I ain't taking out the trash. <laughs> that's right, that's right, man. I remember when I won a, I won an award down at the college, man. I think I was sixteen years old, best pianist in the state. And uh, I came back after that thinking thinking my crap didn't stink, man. I mean I, mm. I, I remember and my dad took me aside and says, look, man, you better lose that attitude or I'm going to make you lose that attitude. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, man, no no attitudes here. Just, uh, you know, just, just want to do good business. That's all I want to do. Oh, that's great, man. That's yeah. great. And um, tell us a little bit about the next track. We want to go ahead and, um, let's see, next in line. 
Yeah, next in line, man. That came off of the record I actually got signed with um, to New Groove back in the day. And uh, next in line is a track I put together. See, that record didn't, it wasn't even supposed to go to retail. It wasn't hmm. even supposed to release any of the tracks. It was a demo of everything I could do as a producer and an artist. Wow. And on this track, I put this track together because I was experimenting with the U.K. dance music, the four on the floor mixed with smooth jazz. And on top of that, I wanted to show the record label that I could actually play piano. You know, so you know, near the end of the song, I, uh, I go off the hook a little bit. And this track actually went to radio, um, terrestrial radio, and they said, no, we can't play that, man. The piano solo is way too intense. But uh, <laughs> really, I took, I, you know, I kinda, yeah, I took, I took that as a compliment, though, you know, because, uh-huh. uh, you know, that's, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. yeah, I do get a little attitude when it comes to that, because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of this music these days, man, is just so watered down and dry right. and bland, and the artistry is gone, right. completely gone, you know, and with my next record, the label has given me the full thumbs up to bring the artist, the artistry of the music back, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about, and in this track, and that's the stuff we solo. can't hear yet. That's the top secret stuff that's still waiting to oh, come out. Oh, it's you know what I, I did. I, I actually called. I called uh, Les Cutmore at Trippin' Rhythm, and I said, "Hey, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about making like 30 second little snippets of these new tracks and giving them to these guys." And he said, "No, man, definitely not. No, man, we want to keep that stuff. We want to keep a lid on it. You know, we oh, want the biggest man. bang for biggest bang for the buck." Of course, he doesn't talk like that. He talks with a uh, uh, British accent. Right. And, uh, we want the we want the biggest bang for the buck when uh, when that record comes out. You know, I said, well, that makes sense, man. That makes sense. You know, can't let the, you know, you can't can't let the surprises out yet. But uh, yeah, so this next track, man, it means a lot to me. And uh, I actually broke my keyboard uh, recording this track, and I had wow. to send it back. Yeah, Dude, I had that's to send for, it back. That's, that's for stage guitar stuff. You know, breaking the guitar. Yeah. You don't break the keyboard, man. You break the keyboard. Oh, it's funny, man. Yeah, last last time we played, uh, last time I played a show in Reno, I broke the keyboard. So in fact, wow. twice I broke the keyboard in Reno. Yeah, I broke the uh, the keys just snap off on the inside when I'm playing the organ. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and I broke. In fact, yeah, I broke two keys on this one. It was like an E flat and a G flat, I believe. <laughs> and it could have been a B flat, but yeah, I had to send it back to Yamaha, and they of course hooked me up because I'm using right. their stuff. But uh, it, wow. they were they were flabbergasted, like, why is it breaking, man? It goes, I don't know. I don't know why it's breaking, man. It was you, you have to make, you know, make the insides a little better, man. Make them a little more solid. But you know, you talk to everyone else; they never have a broken key. So maybe it's just, maybe it's just the intensity of the track. Yeah, yeah. You, you would, you were just trying to kill it. Oh yeah, yeah. It got killed. The, the, the board was, the board was killed, man. The board. Right. <laughs> the board okay. Was well, coming up now and turn it up. We've got next in line.
Very nice. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, piano section was intense. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little I'm yeah. not surprised that you brought the keyboard. Yeah, I was just showing them out. Can you play that live? <laughs> oh, I can play that live. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not that I would have loved to have seen you play it live. That would have been cool to see that live, for real, because you was killing that. Oh, maybe you get a chance to see it live, man, real soon. Maybe I'll be in Buffalo uh, one of these days. In Buffalo? You know? We're in Washington, yeah, D.C. Yeah, in Buffalo. Or D.C. Yeah, D.C. Yeah. 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 Uh, in fact, I, did the, uh, I was in D.C. about, uh, what, a year and a half ago, I think, Well, for the presidential uh, inaugural ball, man. I got to ask right, you Right, yeah. Now. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, that's nice, man. How'd you end up with that gig? A uh, promoter named Rod Cow, man. He kept calling me. Hey, I might have a gig for you. I might have a gig. And that went on for like a year. And I'm like, you know, finally I said, dude, you know what? Don't call me <laughs> unless, unless, unless you have a gig. I don't want to hear might anymore, man. I have a contract and a deposit ready. Because, you know, he's like, hold this date. Hold this date. I was holding like 30,000 dates. And uh, finally he calls us. Hey, they got you a gig. I was like, whatever, Rod. He goes, no, I do, man. I got you a gig. You're going to play the presidential inaugural ball. I'm like, no, whatever. You're, for, you're, you know, you're pulling my leg. And uh, as he has it, yeah, I played at the presidential inaugural ball, man. It was, it was great, man. It was a great show, great people, lots of people, like mm-hmm. lots, you wow. know. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool, man, real cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very neat to be a part of that uh, um, change, time of change, I guess you would call it. Yeah, yeah. Did you get to yeah. meet the president? Nope, didn't get to meet the president. Yeah. No, I was hoping so, man. That would have been cool. I got some letters from my senators in Michigan, though, you know, thanking me for, uh, or congressmen anyways, thanking me for uh, playing there, which is pretty cool. But uh, other than that, man, I didn't really see anybody. Uh, well, I saw them, but, you know, they didn't actually come up and shake my hand or anything like that. I don't know if they were allowed to, you know. Yeah, maybe. true, yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're supposed to keep a certain distance or whatever, but uh, who knows, man? Maybe he's got my record. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, man. Yeah. And um, what we're going to do now is, um, again, Turn It Up is all about our independent artists, and um, we're going to play a track um, from um, Aleph Gurma. And um, Aleph, tell us a little bit about this track here. Uh, this track, actually, uh, uh, we re- my brother and I uh, recorded this track uh, in 2007. It was during the um, uh, during uh, all the stuff that was going on in Darfur, and he was he was writing a song about that, and I was writing some poetry about you know Darfur and Rwanda and all the stuff that just goes on in Africa, Sierra Leone, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, he told me about what he was doing, and he, and, and and we kind of linked up and uh, came up with this uh, track called uh, Africa. All right, great. And we're going to hear Africa, and um, Aleph's got a lot of controversial stuff. This is sort of on the mild side, and and I love the messages in this music, and can't wait to hear some of the new stuff coming up. But here is Africa by Emrig. Time for a burial. 
some of the Talib Kweli and Common and, and it's mm. just kind of a mixture of uh, of everything. It reminds me a lot of um, some of the um, earlier Wyclef stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah, huh? that, that, yeah. Yep, yep, that song does, yeah, it does have that, uh, does that have that, it does have that effect. Yeah, very interesting. <clears throat> and um, how long did it take? And and I said it was by Emrig, but um, that was you and your brother. Was that under a different? Yeah. Um... No, it was uh, it was uh, Freedom uh, as as the, as the you know my my brother's uh, stage name Freedom and uh, and Amrig. Um and we we performed that song at uh, a lot of the local colleges here, and it it really got a lot of uh, a lot of attention. I mean, I people really felt you know really really dug the song. Um, but it didn't take that long. I mean, he had he had some of the stuff uh, he was already working on his project. Um, I had a I had a poem that, that that I had you know put together and posted up on several websites. Um, actually, I think I won an award for that uh, from some poetry society. But uh, so we just kind of took my poem and and his lyrics. We we looked uh, for for some beats to uh, to uh, uh, put the lyrics to and. Uh, and you know, got in the studio and just did it. Wow, that's nice. It's very powerful message. And and I just want to say, his brother is a brilliant writer. Um, I I read a short story he did that was just amazing that he had posted on Facebook, and it just you know, it, it made me sit. Once I started reading it, I was late for everything else I had to do that day because I could not stop reading it. Just an amazing, amazing writer. Yeah, you know that that's uh, that was kind of funny that you mentioned that, Mike, because I I read it on Facebook, and then it had his his name at the bottom, and I was like, what? what? I I didn't get it. I'm like, what? Did you write it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, what, what? he copied and pasted something. I, what what's going? And then everyone was like, you know, commenting whatever, saying, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Whatever. I'm like, what's unbelievable? What the heck? And then I read it again, and, I'm, and I pulled him up, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, that is amazing. I'm like, what the? What, yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's he's a very good writer. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, before we went out of time, we're going to go ahead and um, we have to play your track again, the Leo, um, a little a bit on the lighter side of life. <laughs> Are you still there, <laughs> Hell? <laughs> and, um, should we do bottom again? <laughs> we can go ahead and do bottom again. Okay, <laughs> tell us a little bit about this, and I'll just go ahead and introduce it myself a little bit, and I'll let you take over. Um, All right. Well, bo- some some uh, this this song was uh, inspired by those those of the female persuasion that that give us us guys that that sour that sour patch face when you walk past. <laughs> and we wondering how you get that bottom in there. This is, this is what that song. This is the theme song for that. All right, all right. All right, here it is. Next up on Turn It Up. That is bottom. <laughs>
I can't help but laugh when I hear that song. It's so funny, man. And is that you, too, doing the Jamaican accent? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. She she was so fine, she didn't turn you Jamaican. <laughs> it up. I had to curry it up right quick. Right. Oh, man, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, I mean, I love the production in that, especially the bridge, man. Uh. Uh, I Thanks, just love man. that. It, it really just makes you wonder what's going on right now. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, something happened. I got to see the video, man. I'm missing something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Nate, what'd you think of that one? <laughs> it's cool, man. I mean, who are your influences on that one? I hear a lot of different things going on. Yeah, um, I actually, um, there's a sample in there. I sampled from a, a Mary J. Blige joint uh, from, like, okay. I think it was from, I think it was a My Life album or something like that. Right. I, I messed with a sample and then, you know, kind of added things to it, kind of messed with it, spiced it up, chopped it up. What but, do you um, use in the sample? Do you have a special sampling uh, software you use or just use your, uh, no. your DAW? Well, right now I have, um, I do my sampling off of Adobe Audition. Okay. That's what I do my sampling off of. I do my recording in Adobe Audition as well. So yeah, I just um, you know usually usually I, I like you know having my hands in every single piece of the production, but every once in a while I I find a little sample or something I like to mess with. So that was one right. of those, you know. No, that was that was nice, man. It's one of my favorites. It's my favorite now, um, and I've had <laughs> quite a few from the Leo, but yeah, that's the one that sits with me right now. But Thanks. um, 
you know, before we go, I was I just wanted to make sure, Nate, that we could give your um your website information and uh, let people know how to find you on Facebook and all that good stuff. Yeah, no problem, man. It's uh, my website is www.nateharrison.com. And spell it for him, please. N a t e h a r a s i m is in Mary. And uh, if you go ahead and type Nate Harrison uh, into Facebook, do a search. I gladly accept you as a friend, man. We can rap about all sorts of stuff. You know? Awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah, you responded pretty quick to me, too. I appreciate that, man. Oh, no problem, man. I'm not one of those guys that, uh, you know, a lot of these cats got people running it for them, you know. And, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I actually pick and choose my friends on that thing, man, based on how they interact, man. If they're one of my friends, they don't want to talk in a conversation for like six months, I delete them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, man. I don't want to fill up my whole friend, bo- friend box if you're not going to, you know talk or at least say hi once in a while so there you go you know you you will definitely hear from us and so guys you know he's already a friend of mine you can go ahead and and pick him up as well and um you know get connected and and um have some some great conversations with someone who really really knows and loves music oh i do and if anyone needs advice on something go ahead if anyone needs advice on something man feel free to ask you know, whether it be recording techniques or tips and tricks on how to get something to sound a certain way, you know, just shoot me an email, you know, catch me on Facebook, whatever, and I'll be, you know, I'll be more than happy to help you out. And if I don't know, I'm sure I know someone who does. So Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Well, I really appreciate you dropping by, Nate, and uh, I will hope you'll come by again. We would love to be able to talk with you again and um, hear a little bit more about the, your up-and-coming project, and hopefully we can hear from you before January, too. That's a long time to wait, but we're anxiously await your new release as well. Yeah, well, let's, we'll see what happens, man. I think once the record's done, we, you know, the label chooses a single. Once I choose a single, I think I'll be able to, you know, release that to somebody. So uh, you guys be one of the first to get it, man. We can set something up. No problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can do a world premiere or something. That's awesome. Right. I'd the love exclusive. That. The exclusive. And they going to peek his head in like, hello. <laughs> oh, I got, I got some, I got some tricks on my sleeve on this record, man. I got the Hard Castles involved in it, you know. I've got Darren, mm-hmm. and, you know, Steve Oliver. I got, I got, you know, I don't want to have too many people involved in it, but I, you know, I, I chose wisely on who I got involved with this record, mm-hmm. and uh, great, great. you know, I think, it, and there's no covers on this record either, so it's all original music. Awesome. You know? so, That's yeah. And we're definitely yeah. looking forward to that. Well, thanks again, Nate. We're running out of time now, so it's time to close the show. And uh, special thanks to Donna Hardiman, our producer. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Yeah.